Well, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Well, it's really good to be back with you this morning in Carrick Baptist, particularly in this very special morning, which is your family service. It's great to have all the boys and girls, mums and dads, uh, with us this morning. And uh, for those of you who don't know me, one thing you should know about me is that, as I said this before, I think the last time I was here, I'm a very generous person. And so once again, I'm in a very generous mood this morning. And so I am going to give one very fortunate person here this morning at Carrick Baptist Church some money to take home. Doesn't that sound good? Let me hear you all say, woo. Great. So one very fortunate person is going to leave here, not with five points, not with 10 points, not even with 50 points, 20 points, okay, 20 points. But I need some volunteers. One of the volunteers is going to be someone who's going to take home this money, okay? So is anyone interested in taking home some money? Okay, I think we've got one hand on the back there. Do you want to come on up? Yep, you come on up. Great. Yes, you want to come up as well? I need one more volunteer, um, even a, a mummy or a daddy. If some mummy or daddy want to come up? No. No? Do you want to come up? Yep. Great. Give them a round of applause. Okay. Super job. Okay. Why don't you tell me your names? What's your name? Connor. Connor. Callum. Callum. Rebecca. Rebecca. So we've got Connor, Callum, and Rebecca. Hey, do you want to line up beside me? Okay. You can keep your space, social distancing and all that. Okay. Okay. So what I've got here, so Callum, isn't it? Connor and Rebecca. I've got four little purses here. They're very nice, aren't they? I've got a red one. I've got a blue one. I've got a green one. And I've got a yellow one, okay? Inside one of these purses is a 20-point note, okay? All you need to do, Connor, Calvin, Rebecca, all you need to do is make the right choice, okay? So it could be the red one, could be the blue one, could be the yellow one, could be the green one. Who wants to go first? Who wants to pick first? Callum, which one would you like to pick? Yellow. The yellow one, you sure? <laughs> Good choice, Callum, there you go. Okay, Connor, would you like to go next? Which one would you like? You can have, you can have the red one, you can have the blue one. You want to go last? Okay, over to you, Rebecca. What a, what a gentleman, what a gentleman you are. Okay, Rebecca, you can have the red one, the blue one, the green one, or you can steal Connor's yellow one. <laughs> it's a hard decision, there's a lot at stake here. What do you think? You want to steal? You can steal? You want to steal? <laughs> Going to have to push you, Rebecca? Yellow one, steal the red one. Savage. Okay, which one would you like now? You can have one of these three. Green one. Good man, there you are. Okay. Um, Callum, is that right? Connor. Connor, you can have the red one, the blue one, or you can steal the green one, or you can steal the yellow one. Which one would you like to have? Well, he's trying to look through them, x-ray vision. The blue one, there you go, okay, great. So you've all got your purse, don't open them up just yet. Um, I'm playing as well, by the way, because I, I would like to, to win some money, okay. Do you think I should get the chance to swap, or should I have to hold on to the red one? What do you think? Swap, oh, you're very generous. I, I'm happy with the red one, I'll hold on to the red one. Okay, um, Connor. Callum, I'm going to get that right. Callum, do you want to open up first and see if there's anything in there? What, what do you see? Anything there? Nothing there. Oh. Connor, do you want to open up? Anything in there? No? Okay, Rebecca, show us the money. Anything in there? Empty. You know why? It's because you all made bad choices. It was in the red one. Oh, can you believe it? Guys, so close yet so far. Give them a round of applause for taking part this morning. But actually, stay there, stay there. I'm a very generous guy, as I said. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put that back in the, the uh, red purse. Zip your purse up again. 
And because I'm such a generous guy, I'm going to give you all the chance to pick again. Aren't I a very good guy? Okay. So who would like to go first this time? You don't trust me? Okay. <laughs> right, Rebecca, would you like to go first? You can, you can have the green one, the blue one. You can hang on to your yellow, or you can swap with my red. You're happy? You're happy to stick? She's going to think about it. So, Connor, do you want to go next? What would you like to do? You don't think it's real? Okay. Well, do you want to hold on? Hold on to yours? He's going to hold on. Okay. What would you like to do? He's going to swap. Okay. Wise man. Okay. We open them all up. Okay. Rebecca, do you want to go first? Empty. Connor. Em- okay. Show us the money. Is it there? Is it not there? Do you know why? Because you all made bad choices. It was in the green one. <laughs> For goodness sake. Give them a round of applause. Unfortunately, okay. Unfortunately, you don't win. But you do get high, but okay. That's almost the, the value of 20 pound notes. You just can take your seats and leave your purses here. Great. Do you think they were ever going to win the money? I'm a cruel, cruel guy, okay? I could have done that all day long, truth be told, and they were never going to win the money. Uh, all they needed to do was make the right choice. All they needed to do was this pursuit of trying to find a 20-point note, and it always seemed so close, yet it was always just out of reach. And as you think about that little illustration, it's quite a good illustration, isn't it, of what our life is like? Because all of us in our life, aren't we on this pursuit? We're searching for something. All of us, whether you're young or old, we're all searching for one thing, and the thing that most of us are searching for is happiness. We're on this pursuit of happiness. We're just trying to do whatever we can to find happiness, to get our hands on it. We try and make the right choices and and obtain the right things just to find this thing called happiness. And it doesn't matter what we do, as soon as we think we've got our hands on it, it just seems to evade us. It's not quite there. And you know, we're going to look at a a little passage in the Bible today. We've heard it being read for us. And this book of the Bible is a really strange name. So I want you to say it after me, okay? This book of the Bible is called Ecclesiastes, okay? Think you can say it together after three. One, two, three. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is a strange name. And Ecclesiastes is a book of the Bible written most likely by a guy in the Bible you might have heard of called Solomon. And Solomon is writing this book of Ecclesiastes probably at the end of his life, and it's almost like a journal. It's almost like a diary that he writes at the end of his life. And as he goes through this journal, as he goes through this diary, he's reflecting on his life, and he's thinking about all the things he tried his hand at to make him happy, to make him satisfied, to make him content. He explored all these different avenues of all the different things that he thought would be great and bring him the satisfaction and the contentment he craved. And we're going to look just now in these few verses at some of the things that Solomon tried to get his hand on uh, to try and find him this happiness that he craved. So you're going to see the verses on the screen, verses 9 to 11, the verses that we just looked at. And the first thing that Solomon tried, look at verse 9, he says, so I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. What's the first thing that Solomon had and tried to find happiness? It was power, wasn't it? It was power. I wonder if I was to ask you, who do you think is the most powerful person on the planet? Who would you say? Maybe it's, maybe you think the queen, she's pretty powerful, isn't she? Or maybe you would think the president of the United States, someone like Joe Biden, he's pretty powerful. Add all these people together and you're getting a little bit closer to the power that this guy Solomon had. He was extremely powerful. In fact, he was the king of Israel when Israel was at the peak of its powers. In fact, as Solomon ruled over Israel, it was known as the golden era 
of Israel's history. In fact, as you read through the book of 1 Kings and you see Solomon ruling and reigning over Israel, you see in 1 Kings chapter 10 how another queen, a very powerful queen, actually came to Solomon's empire just to see it because she was so impressed. And so what's the first thing that Solomon tried in his attempt to find contentment and purpose? It was power. He was an extremely powerful guy. But not just power. Let's read on. And the rest of this verse, he says, So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. See, Solomon didn't just have power. He also had wisdom. He was extremely wise. He was extremely wise. I wonder who's the wisest person that you know, boys and girls. Maybe is there someone that you go to if you need advice? Uh, Maybe it's your mommy or your daddy. Maybe it's your granny or your granda. Maybe it's a teacher, someone who you always know. If you're in a spot of bother, if you're struggling with something, you can always go to them and they'll be able to tell you what you need to do. Someone who's really good to talk to. Do you have someone like that in your life? Solomon was, believe it or not, the wisest man ever to have walked this earth apart from Jesus Christ himself. He had all the wisdom you could ever possibly imagine. In fact, early in the book of 1 Kings, God asked King Solomon if there was one thing that he wanted, what would it be? And Solomon asked for wisdom because he knew that as king of Israel, he was going to need a lot of wisdom. And God was so pleased that Solomon asked for wisdom above and beyond all the other things that he could have asked for that God granted him supernatural wisdom. And God said of Solomon, you are going to be wiser than anyone else on the face of the earth. You might think that would make you happy, wouldn't it? Having all this power, all this wisdom, surely Solomon's on the right track to finding happiness and contentment and satisfaction. But that's not all Solomon had. Let's keep reading. I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem power. I also, my wisdom remained with me. So we had wisdom. Thirdly, let's read verse 10. And whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure. What's the third thing Solomon had? He had stuff, didn't he? He had all the stuff you could ever wish to have. Don't we often think that if I could just have more stuff, more toys, then I'd be happy. Don't we think that? It's getting to that time where you're starting to think forward to Christmas, don't you? And perhaps at this point, you're starting to think of all the items that you'd like to add to your Christmas list. Because in your head right now, you're thinking, oh my goodness, if I could get my hands on that toy, that PlayStation game, that item of clothing, whatever the case may be, oh, I would be so happy. And you know what King Solomon had? He had pretty much everything that you could ever wish to have. He had a seriously impressive house, which took 13 years to build with unlimited resources. He's got everything. Like mums and dads, imagine you could just go onto Amazon and just shop to your heart's content. Just keep clicking, add the basket, add the basket, add the basket, add the basket, and never even have to worry about what the sum total would be. Wouldn't that be awesome? A few amens there. That was King Solomon's reality. Money was no object. He had everything that he could possibly wish to have. He kept his heart from nothing. Every avenue of pleasure so far he's explored. He's got power. He's got wisdom. He's got stuff. And let's see the last thing we're going to see that Solomon has. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. And whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure. For my heart found pleasure in all my toil. You see, what Solomon's alluding to here is all the things that he did, all his achievements. And as you read through Ecclesiastes, you see that Solomon had many, many achievements. He had achieved many things. And isn't that another thing that we all think is going to make me happy and content? If I could just achieve more. Maybe if I get good grades in my exams. Maybe if I one day make it to big school. Maybe if I one day make it to university. Maybe if I get this result at university. Maybe if I get this job. And then down the line, maybe if I get to this position in my job. Maybe if I get grade one, grade two, grade three on my piano exam, then I'd be so happy. 
I'd be so content if I could just achieve more things. And Solomon, well, he was a serious achiever, wasn't he? He achieved everything you could really want to achieve. In fact, remember, he's the king of Israel, probably the strongest nation in the world at this point. And so King Solomon pretty much has everything, doesn't he? He's ticked every box. He's explored every avenue of pleasure. Power, tick. Wisdom, tick. Stuff, tick. Achievements, tick. He had it all. And so what would you expect King Solomon to say next? Wouldn't you expect him to say, well, as a result of this, I'm the happiest man in the world. I'm so happy. I'm so content. Let's see what King Solomon says in conclusion to all these things. I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. My wisdom remained with me. Whatever my eyes desired, it did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil. And this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and a striving after the wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. What's King Solomon's conclusion as he reflects on all the things he's achieved, all the things he possesses? He says it was all vanity. Now, what on earth does the word vanity mean? Well, if something is vain or if something's in vanity, it literally means empty. It was empty. The root word is actually breath. I wonder if you've ever been outside in a really crisp, maybe winter or autumn morning, and you go outside and you kind of do this, and you can see this little puff of smoke. You ever done that before? And you see this little puff of smoke, and it's here, and then it's gone. What is that? It's vanity, it's here and it's gone. It's literally a breath. King Solomon says, that's like your life. It's here and then it's gone. It's all a bit empty. In fact, King Solomon says it was all a bit meaningless, like striving after the wind. That's what my pursuit of happiness in this world was like, like striving after the wind. You ever tried to chase the wind? It's kind of hard to do. When I was a, a young boy, perhaps the age of some of you young boys and girls here this morning, um, I had quite an embarrassing thing. Okay, maybe you have this as well. Put your hand up if you're willing to confess that you, like me, used to have an imaginary friend. Anyone? Used to have an imaginary friend? Okay. Okay, a few. Someone's imaginary friend's phoning them now? Okay. <laughs> Anyone got an imaginary friend? I had an imaginary friend, okay, but it gets worse. It gets more embarrassing. I used to play hide and seek with my imaginary friend, okay? So Bill would run off and hide and I'd try and find him. But what's the problem with playing hide and seek with an imaginary friend? You're never going to find him. He doesn't exist. You're pursuing and you're searching for something that's just not there. And King Solomon says, that's what it's like trying to find happiness in this world. It's like chasing after the wind. It's like trying to play hide and seek with, hide and seek with an imaginary friend. It's like trying to find a 20-point note in a game that's rigged, isn't it? Once you think you've got it, it's gone. It's all a big letdown. Because here's the truth. Someone... Uh, rightly caught on earlier on, didn't they? Here's the truth. Even if you got your hands on this 20-pound note earlier on, you would have been disappointed, wouldn't you? Because if someone, I can't remember who it was, but it was Rebecca, rightly said, it's not even a real 20-pound note. It's all a big letdown. In fact, you want to see something cool? Don't try this at home, by the way, especially with your mommy or daddy's 20-pound notes. It's here, and then it's gone. You can strive after all these things, Solomon says, that the world offers and flashes in front of your eyes and says, this is great. But he says, it's just here and then it's gone. It's empty. It's like chasing after the wind. And so you might say, well, then what's the point? What's the point in life? What's the point in going to school? What's the point in doing work? What's the point in having fun? Well, as you come to the very end of Ecclesiastes, let me give you a little bit of a spoiler, okay? In the very last chapter, chapter 12, King Solomon documents all the way throughout this book about how he's trying to find meaning and purpose in this world. And here's what he says right at the very end of the book. Here's his conclusion. 
Let me read it to you. He says, this is the end of the matter. All has been heard. Here's the final verdict. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Solomon says, here's what you need to know at the end of the day. All these things you can pursue, they're maybe not inherently bad things, but they won't provide you the ultimate purpose for which you were created. But here's the ultimate purpose for which you were created, Solomon says. Fear God and obey his commandments. You see, what Solomon came to discover after pursuing every avenue of pleasure in this world, what he ultimately discovered was this. The only way to live your life in line with how you were created to live is to be made in a right relationship with the God who made you. What Solomon came to discover is that we're all born, the Bible says, with this problem, this problem of sin, this sin which affects us and infects us and it makes chaos in our world. Everything and everyone has been infected by sin. Even the creation, Ecclesiastes 1 tells us, has been cursed with this problem of sin. So the, the world is kind of caught in this endless cycle, you know? You cut the grass, it grows again. You go on a diet, you lose a few pounds, you put them on again. It's just caught in this cycle. And the biggest problem with sin, boys and girls, is this, that it creates a separation, doesn't it, between us and a holy God. Ah, but the good news is, and the good news that the book of Ecclesiastes ultimately points us forward to is this, that God initiated a rescue plan whereby we, as sinful human beings, could be made right with this holy God. We could be brought back into relationship with him. How? Because God would send Jesus, the perfect human being, the only human being who lived without any sin whatsoever, to live the life we couldn't live, to die the death we deserve to die, and to offer to stand in our place. So that that relationship between you and God, which is broken, could now be mended and that you could have a relationship with him. And so Solomon says, if you want to live according to the ultimate purpose for which you were recruited to live. Don't pursue all this stuff and hope it's going to provide you satisfaction and meaning and contentment. He says, no, don't even pursue happiness at all. Pursue something else. Pursue holiness. And so let the pursuit of happiness go and let the pursuit of holiness take over. Ask God for forgiveness of your sins. Be brought back into relationship with him and live your life fearing him and striving with his help to keep his commandments. So boys and girls, I pray that you would uh, think about that this morning, what God's word says to us in the book of Ecclesiastes. Mums and dads, pray that we would all uh, put this into practice as we think about this world, corrupted and infected with sin, caught in a state of vanity or meaninglessness. What's the end of the story? What's our whole purpose and duty? Fear God, not man. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing another song as we close. Father, we thank you for uh, your word to us this morning. We thank you for the book of Ecclesiastes. We thank you for these honest thoughts of King Solomon and how he was able to reflect on the meaninglessness of this world. And so God, we pray that you would help us as we think about our own pursuits and all the things that we try and grab with both hands as a means of making us ultimately happy and content. Father, help us to know that the pursuit of holiness is far greater than the pursuit of happiness, that we need to be brought back into relationship with you, our creator. And when we do so, we should seek to fear you and to obey your commandments. And in doing so, fulfill the purpose for why we were created. In Jesus' great name we pray. Amen.